0: Hello and welcome to Switzer Church Online. I'm Pastor Jason, and I'm going to be serving as our host in our worship service today. Last week, I kicked us off on a new sermon series called As It Is in Heaven, where we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. Today, Pastor Spencer is going to lead us as we look at your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. If you've been worshiping with us for a long time, we are so glad you've joined us again today. We'd invite you to take a moment and share this experience with a friend. If you're new and worshiping with us for the first time, we'd invite you to fill out the connection card. We've got an online a Starbucks gift card we'd love to send to you, and we're so glad you've joined us today in worship. Now, I'd like to invite you to, to listen with me to Stephanie, as she has some ways for us to connect and how we can grow deeper with God here at Schweitzer. Let's take a listen.
1: Hi, I'm Stephanie. In just a few short weeks, we'll be celebrating Easter, and we're busy making plans for a very special Stations of the Cross prayer walk experience that will occur on Maundy Thursday and Good Friday, just preceding Easter on April 1st and 2nd. This prayer walk will be a really special time, and there will be elements you can experience both here on campus as well as online. Then, on Easter Sunday, we'll be having two services here on campus, one at 9 a.m. that will be traditional, one at 11 that will be modern, both of them outside on the parking lot. We're looking forward to seeing you there. Of course, we'll still have our online services and we'll be welcoming you there as well. With all of this activity come lots of ways that you can serve. We'll need everything from folks to help with parking, the folks helping us put together special invitation gifts. You can find out more ways to serve on Easter and any other time at sumc.co slash Easter. As spring is starting to arrive, we wanted to remind you not to forget to sign up for our Schweitzer Outdoor Adventure coming up on Memorial Day weekend. This will be a fun time of canoeing and outdoor adventures, and we look forward to seeing you there. Spots are limited. This is an overnight or just a day trip if you'd like. Find out more at sumc.co slash adventure. One last reminder, something you may have heard before. We would love to help you get connected to other people, no matter where you are. One of the best ways to do this is by getting involved with a small group. And we have a wide range of groups meeting each week, mostly virtual right now. You can find a complete list at sumc.co slash groups.
0: Thanks, Stephanie, for sharing with us some ways we can connect and grow deeper with God at Schweitzer. If you're worshiping with us live, I invite you to use the chat feature. Or if you'd like someone to pray with you, you can hit the prayer room button. Now, let's enter into worship. Friends, today our theme of the sermon is going to be lifted from the Lord's Prayer where Jesus says, on earth as it is in heaven. In the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah begins to describe what the heavenly kingdom is like and he gives us a number of attributes. He talks about how the kingdom of heaven has peace, it has joy, and it's a place where things are put right. As we come to a time of prayer, I'd like to invite you to use those three categories to pray with me about things in our world. And so let's together think about where the Lord has brought his peace into our lives. Let's take a moment and give thanks. At the same time, as we know where there are other places where we'd like God's peace to live, let's lift those places up to the Lord as well. So let's pray to the Lord about peace. As we think about joy, the Lord oftentimes brings moments of joy. So let's lift up those places of joy and give God thanks. And then where we know that there are places where the joy of the Lord is needed, let's take a moment and lift up those places as well. And finally, we're praying about where things are put right. That could be in relationships. That could be in all kinds of things. But as you've seen the Lord work in your own life or work in the lives of people around you and things have been put back to rights, let's lift those up and give God thanks. And where we need God's presence to show up, let's lift those up to the Lord also. Lord, we give you thanks for this vision that comes to us from the prophets and Jesus gives voice to it. And it's a passion and a desire that runs through our veins. Thank you for this vision. Thank you that you show up in the midst of our lives and your work is present. Your kingdom has drawn close to us. And for all of the places where we see brokenness, where we see turmoil, where we see Uh, relationships that are bruised or battered, where we see things that are out of sorts. We pray that you would draw near, that your presence would show up. We pray that we would be your people who live out your light in the light of Christ and that through us, through your church, we could bring your kingdom close. We pray all of these things In the strong name of Christ, our Savior and Lord, amen. Friends, part of worship is the act of giving. We want to thank you for your generosity. In the last couple of weeks, a number of enhancements have been made to the sanctuary space at Schweitzer. We've got some new projectors, some new screens, and some new lights. All of these elements will be enhancements to our online and in-person worship gatherings. It is a great thing for a church to invest in the act of worship. If you'd like to give today, we'd encourage you to go to sumc.co slash give, or you can use the Church Center app. We are grateful and thankful for your generosity and your continued giving and investment in what God is doing. Now, let's continue in our worship.
2: I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then the light from heaven filled my soul. It, it paid my heart in love and wrote my, my name above And just a little talk with Jesus makes me whole Now let, let us have a little talk with Jesus, Jesus. Let us tell him, him all about our troubles, our troubles. He will hear, hear our faintest cry, cry And he will answer by and by when you feel the little prayer turning, will Then you know a little fire is burning, burning You will and find a little talk with Jesus makes it right Sometimes my way is drear without a ray of cheer, and just a little cloud of doubt creeps o'er the day. The mist of sin may
3: rise and hide
2: the sunlit skies, but just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. talk with Jesus. Jesus, let us tell him all about, about our, our troubles. troubles, he will hear, hear our faintest cry, and he will answer by and by, and by. when you feel a little prayer wheel turning, turning, then you know a little fire is burning, is burning. you will find I'm a little talk with Jesus right Jesus makes it right, I'm, I'm made of doubts and fears, my heart's been filled with tears, but Jesus is a friend who watches
3: day and night, I go to him in
2: prayer. He knows my every care. And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. And he will answer by and by. And when you feel in prayer, we'll turn think. No little fire is burning, you will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little, little talk with Jesus, let us tell him, him about him. our troubles. You will hear our faintest cry, he will answer by and, by and by. You feel the prayer we'll turn in. in. then you know the fire is burning, you will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Oh.
4: Friends, welcome today. My name is Spencer, and this is going to be part two of our series called As It Is in Heaven. We are spending six weeks looking at the Lord's Prayer, which six weeks is also the time of, of Lent. The six weeks before uh, Easter is, is the period of Lent. Many of you have given something up or maybe you're taking something on during these six weeks in order to focus on Christ. Um, as a church together, we're going we're gonna to spend Lent by talking about prayer and exploring prayer and, and learning, learning about how to pray. And I want you to hear that word specifically, how, how to pray. Because as we look at the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer is really a teaching about how to pray and and how how to live into this. And and that's something we don't say enough in in church about about prayer is that we need to learn how to do it. Because here is a fundamental truth that I believe about prayer that I've definitely experienced in my life. Um, Prayer is something that you have to learn how to do. It's a learned behavior. There's no like natural athletes when it comes to prayer. It's just it's something we all have to learn how to do. And and a lot of us are frustrated with prayer because we don't feel like we're very good at it. And, and really what we need to do though is, is to learn how to do it. And so we're gonna spend six weeks Learning from Jesus about what He teaches about prayer, this, the Lord's prayer. We're going to be unpacking it as we go, phrase by phrase, to see what is it that He teaches about how how we can pray and grow into into people of prayer to 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 follow Him just that much that much closer. And so we're going to be reading through the Lord's prayer. It's in Matthew chapter six, and uh, in Matthew six, He He has more things to say about prayer than just the Lord's prayer. So we're going to expand this a little bit more. We are read the whole section of what He says about the Lord's prayer. And we're going to read this whole thing every single week in this series, and then just. Pick out a phrase from the Lord's Prayer and talk about that. And we're just going to ask a simple question each Sunday as we go through this, which is just simply this. um, What does this teach us about how to pray? Because that is really the point of the Lord's Prayer is to teach us how to pray. So let's get into this. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be reading in verse 5, going to go through verse 14. The Lord's Prayer is right there in the middle of this. And uh, here's what Jesus says about prayer. He says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your rooms, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, Do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now the next verse is going to introduce the Lord's Prayer, but before we get into that, we just heard three really important things that Jesus teaches us about how to pray, some how-tos here. They're so, so important. So here's the first one I want you to notice, what we just read. Three times Jesus uses this phrase, and when you pray. Three times He says that. Because there's an assumption that Jesus is making. It's not if you pray or when you get around to it or if you feel like it. Jesus has an assumption that if you're going to be his followers, we're going to pray. We are going to talk to God. We're going to interact with God. We're going to engage with God. Prayer is going to be part of of what it means to follow him. So that's the first thing we see. Another thing we see is that Jesus says this. He says about when we pray, we should quote, I'm going to quote him here. He says, go into your room, close the door and pray pray to your father who is unseen Prayer is something that happens between us and God. It's a personal thing. It's it's something that happens um, individually with God and and, and sometimes we feel bad because we don't pray as good as other people. And and you probably have someone in your life who when you hear them pray, you're like, oh my gosh, they really know how to pray. And you hear them pray like, God's going to answer that prayer for sure. And you think about your own prayers, you're like, man, I just feel so awkward. I don't know what to say. I just end up usually just saying um a whole lot because I don't know what to say. And, and, and we start to compare ourselves to other people when really prayer is about us and God. But we compare ourselves to other people and how good they pray and how bad we pray and we feel bad about ourselves. But do you know who doesn't compare us to anyone else? God. God doesn't look at you and hear your prayers and be like, wow, that was awkward. Of course not. No, prayer is something that he wants to engage us with. He wants to talk to us with. He wants to be with us. And this is something between us and God, not to compare ourselves to anyone else, but to be between between us and the Lord. Another thing that we see here in these opening verses about prayer is that Jesus said this. He says, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. When it comes to prayer, God doesn't like have a stopwatch. How long did you go? He doesn't like do a word count. How many... How many words did you say this time? Like the, the power of prayer is not in how long we pray or how many words we pray or how good we sound. No, 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 no. The, the point is, is just simply, do we pray? Do we engage God? Do we, do we learn how to do this? And, 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 and God wants to know us and, and to walk with us and to, to be with us. And, and this is how prayer works. And so now that we've established that, let's get to verse nine, the very next verse. And here's the beginning and, and how the Lord's prayer is given to us. So verse nine, Jesus says this. This then is how you should pray. This is how how you should pray. This is a how to here. This is how you should pray. And here it is. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then Jesus goes on and he has a few more words here, a few more commentary to wrap up this section of prayer. And he just says this, he says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And this is the section that Jesus gives us here on prayer. Now, each week we're gonna do is lift up a a part of the Lord's prayer and, and ask this question, what does this teach us about how to pray? Last week, Jason kicked off this series. We looked at this opening phrase, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And, and we saw how God is, is holy and, and hallowed. He is revered and yet he is also close and personal. And we looked at this dynamic from Jason last week. And today we're gonna to lift up this this verse, in verse this phrase in verse 10 where Jesus says this part of the prayer we're, we're taught is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And again, we're asked a simple question, what does this teach us about how to pray? And as we unpack this today, this, this phrase, Uh, I think it's really, really helpful as we unpack this to to think about this in context, which just here's a pro tip about reading the Bible. Whenever you read the Bible, read it in context. Pay attention. What comes before this? What comes after this? Because it helps you understand what is it that this is actually trying to say. And so this Lord's Prayer here, it's in Matthew chapter 6. What comes before Matthew chapter 6 is Matthew chapter 5. What comes after Matthew 6? Well, it's Matthew chapter 7. I I have really good observational skills. My wife regularly praises me for finding things in the house because I have really, really good observational skills here. Matthew 6 is surrounded by Matthew 5 and Matthew 7. And I point that out very, very obvious for this reason, because Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7 form one block of Scripture. It's an incredibly important block of Scripture. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. This is the longest recorded teaching of Jesus. And and the whole point of the Sermon on the Mount is is to explain, to teach, Jesus is teaching us about how to live in the kingdom of God. About how to live in the kingdom. That's the whole point of it. How do you live in the kingdom of God? And so there's all kinds of things in the Sermon on the Mount about how to live in the kingdom of God. Now, in ancient writing, there was this style of writing where you would put the most important thing that you were trying to say right in the middle of what you were saying. Now, in modern writing, a lot of times we put the most important thing at the end, like you build up to it. But in ancient writing, a lot of times you put it right in the middle and then you would have everything else revolve around that. You want to guess what's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount? What is in the middle of the longest recorded teaching of Jesus? It's the Lord's Prayer. And and what do you think is in the middle of the Lord's Prayer? The middle phrase of the Lord's Prayer is this, on earth as it is in heaven. This Lord's Prayer, it revolves around this idea of on earth as it is in heaven. And really the whole Sermon on the Mount is revolving around this idea, this, this, this line of on earth as it is in heaven. Because to be a follower of Jesus, to live into the kingdom, is to live into God's Will, God's rule, God's kingdom now. It's not just about where you go when you die, it's about living into His kingdom, His rule, His, His will now, and, and, to, and to learn into this and, and to live into this. And, and so we just see the Sermon on the Mount revolving around this phrase of on earth um, as it is in heaven. Now, when we start to pray, for God's kingdom to come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like there are some assumptions that we start to make when we pray that kind of prayer. And, and I know these assumptions are, can, can be really obvious, but I, I thought it'd be helpful today to name some of these really obvious assumptions that we start to make when we begin to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so there, I, I see three really, really um, obvious assumptions that I think are, are helpful to name. And, and here's the first one. When we pray this, this line or pray for God's will to be done, um, we are recognizing very, very simply that God's will is not being done. And I know that sounds really, really obvious, but I think it needs to be named. That just to simply pray for God's kingdom to come, His will to be done on earth as it is heaven, is to recognize that currently God's will is not being done on earth as it is in heaven and of course we know this. I don't I don't have to stay on this point for very long because we all, we all realize this. We look in the world. You don't have to look very far to see all kinds of things that are not as God intended them to be. There are all kinds of things, violence and injustice, oppression, all kinds of broken relationships and broken families, people putting themselves first, addictions and suffering, all kinds of things that are not how God intended them to be. And so by the mere fact that we pray for God's will to be done on earth as is heaven, is to recognize that currently God's will is not being done on earth as is heaven, which leads to a second assumption. Again, very, very obvious, but I think it's helpful to say. Because when we say, for God's will to be done on earth as is heaven, to pray this line, to pray these kinds of things, we're not only making the assumption that God's will is not being done, we're also saying that we're not okay with that. We're not okay with how the world is. We're not okay with how the world is being run. We're not okay with the things that are wrong, the things that are not as God intended them to be. We're not just going to shrug our shoulders and be like, ah, that's just the way it is. That's not, that's not how we live as followers of Jesus. That's, that's, not, that's not how we think about the world. We, we don't just become okay with that. I've heard it said like this before, that, that, that prayer is standing in opposition to what the world calls normal. Isn't that a great line? I wish I'd written that myself, but I just think it's a great line. I'll say it one more time. that that prayer is standing in opposition to what the world calls normal. Like when we pray, there's a simple assumption that we're making that we're just, we're not okay with the way that the world is when it's outside of God's will. We're not okay with that kind of thing. And there's a third assumption then that we also, again, very, very obvious, but I think it's helpful to name as we think about um, how to pray this kind of of thing. And, And that's just simply this, that when we pray for God's will to be done for His kingdom to come um, on earth as is in heaven. I got the backwards, but you know the prayer. When we pray that sort of thing, um, we assume that He can actually do something about what's wrong. We assume that He's actually able to accomplish His will. We, we don't just pray with sentimentality, you know. We don't just see something bad and be like, oh, our thoughts and prayers are with you. No, 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 no. We believe that God is actually able to do something about what is wrong we believe that god actually cares about us and the world and about what's wrong and we we believe that he is actually able to make things different to make things new and so we pray with those assumptions and that's helpful to to name those things because again they may seem very very obvious but, but i felt like they needed to be named today those assumptions there now now people who talk about prayer and they write about prayer a lot of times uh, people will, will talk about this kind of prayer we're reading here in verse 10 of, of Matthew 6 that, that to pray for God's will to be done on earth as is heaven is, is, a, is a kind of a type of prayer that some people will, will label as um, intercessory prayer. Because what you're doing when you pray a prayer like that is you are standing on behalf of somebody else. There's, there's some situation, some person who's, who's struggling and suffering and you're, you're praying for God's will to be done in their life on earth as is heaven. That's kind of an intercessory kind of, kind of thing to do. You, you intercede on their behalf for them. And that's kind of the technical word that a lot of people would use to describe um, this kind of prayer. And, and um, I'll just be really honest with you. There are, there are some things about intercessory prayer that I have really struggled with over the years. I've really struggled with a couple things. And one of those things is this. How do you how do you know what to pray for? Because when I look at the world and I see all of these things where the world is not God's will being done on earth as is heaven, where it's where things are wrong and broken and there's injustice and all kinds of problems, like sometimes I just drown. In, in all of the ways that the world is broken. I, I drown in all of the, the ways that there are problems and struggles and so many people, including myself, I just, I just kind of drown in that sort of thing. And I, I wake up in the morning and I, and I read the news and it's just like, oh my goodness, it's just story after story after story after story of all the things that are wrong and broken. Or I get on Twitter and I just doom scroll through all of the things that are a problem in the world. And so sometimes it just feels like you're drowning in all of the problems and all of the struggles and all of the ways that the world is not being run according to God's will. And it just it just it's just like a a suffocating kind of thing because it's almost like, man, where do I start? Like if I believe that God can do something about what's broken in the world, like where do I start? Because there's so many, so many things that are that are wrong. And 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 a kind of a simple answer to that kind of question, if you've ever felt that before is is really simple. I think you, you just say this, well where do you start is you, you start somewhere and you, you grow into it. Prayer, like everything else in life, is something that you have to grow into. You have to build the fitness of prayer. You can't just expect to be really good at prayer. And and so there's all kinds of things that happen in the world. You see it happening in your friends, your family, um, other situations, and you just kind of drown in this kind of thing. And it's, it's easy to drown in it unless you are in, intentional and purposeful and, and really have a way of, of thinking about how am I going to grow and how I, how I pray for this. Now, really, really practically, one of the things that I have done for years and years to be intentional and purposeful, because there's so many things I can grab my attention to pray for, is I, I simply keep a list. I know there's nothing profound about that. I'd really recommend it as a, as a way to keep in touch and on top of things that you're going to pray for. I, I keep a simple list. For years, I kept a note card in my Bible and it just had the days of the week uh, written out, you know, Monday through Sunday, and then just a list of names or situations that I felt like God was leading me to pray for on behalf of other people, for His will to be done in their life as it is in heaven. And, and I'd pray for them. And, and these days I keep that list on my phone, but, but I, I, I keep a list because what I found in my life is that when I come across someone who's struggling or suffering and I feel like I wanna reach out to them and I, I tell them I'm gonna pray for them, if I don't write it down, just to be honest with you, I, I don't end up praying for it. I might have all the intentions in the world, but if I don't write it down, I, I don't take that intentional step. And so that's one of the things that I have done in order just to be focused and intentional about praying on behalf of other people is I just I keep a list. Nothing profound about that, but it's, it's been really, really helpful to, to be intentional about that. But you know, another thing I've struggled with in, in terms of intercessory prayer, praying on behalf of other people for God's will to be done in their life is sometimes I just don't know what to pray for. Sometimes I, I'm struck because I don't know what God's will is. I mean, there are circumstances and situations that I, I, I've dealt with people and I've walked with people through hard times. And I just like, I don't, I don't know what God's will in this circumstance is. I don't, I don't know what the right step is for them. And I bet you felt like this before. And there's times where it's just like, I don't even know what to pray for somebody because I just, I, I don't know what God wants to do. And there's other times where God just has this way of taking even terrible situations and, and using those for his purposes. So sometimes I just don't even know what to pray because I'm, I just, I don't know what his will is. And when I feel like that, one of the places that I've drawn comfort from is what Paul teaches in Romans chapter 8. Because in Romans chapter 8, Paul has this lengthy section about suffering. And and if you know anything about Paul's life, Paul like knows a thing or two about suffering. You know, he he was a guy who was shipwrecked and he was beaten up and arrested. He went around hungry and cold because he didn't have enough shelter or clothes. One time he was beaten and he was left for dead. Eventually he'll be, you know, exiled um, for the sake of Christ, like he has suffered in his life, and if you and if you read through Paul's life and his journeys in the book of Acts, one of the things you walk away with thinking is like, what is God's will in the midst of all of this? Because these are really hard things that he's going through, and so in Romans chapter eight he reflects on this and he he shares this 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 teaching about about how to pray though when you when you don't really know what God's will is. And I want to read to you what he says here. So we're starting verse eighteen and build up to this, but here's what he writes as he's reflecting about suffering in his own life. He says. to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is um, seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. And I, I wanted to read this this lead in here because I wanted you to to pay attention to the tone of what he's writing here. We just read words like frustrations and groanings and, uh, and and waiting. This 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 reading here we just had, this reflection he offers here, is just it's a tone of suffering and disappointment and struggle. It's it's the kind of situation that you look at and you're like. What is God's will in this moment? What is God's will in these in these places? Like how do you how do you pray for God's will to be done on earth as in heaven when you're not quite clear what it is and how you should be praying for this kind of thing? And then and then right after this, this just this these couple paragraphs where the tone is dark and it's full of struggle and suffering, here's what he says next. And I think this is so helpful as we think about how to pray for others. He says in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. He goes on, he says, we do not know what we ought to pray for. I'm going to read that one more time. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Who's ever experienced that before? You do not know what you ought to pray for. You don't know the words you should use. You don't know how to pray for somebody. I'll be honest, I experience that on a regular basis. I don't know what to pray for. But because of this, he keeps going here. He says, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. We do not know we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the minds of the Spirit because the Spirit, again, intercedes for God's people, listen, 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 in accordance with the will of God. He goes on, He says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God um, foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, So he might be the firstborn from among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. We don't know what we ought to pray for. There's struggle and suffering and pain. There's disappointment. There's all kinds of things that we know are not God's will, but we don't still know what to pray for. And what's the solution here? So the Holy Spirit prays for us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And I don't really know how this works. I don't really get the mechanics of it. I don't, I don't know what the wordless groans that he talks about here. I don't know what that means. Maybe you do, but I certainly don't. But, but what I do know is that even in those moments where I don't know what to pray, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit prays for me. The Holy Spirit prays for me because God knows what His will is. God is the only one who does and He is praying. He is, he is interceding for us on our behalf. I can't tell you how many times I go through my prayer list. I'm on my phone. I'm going through my prayer list. I'm like, Lord, I just don't know. I don't know what your will is. And so when I'm in those moments, you know what I end up saying? I end up usually just saying the words of Jesus. I just end up saying something like, Lord, I don't know what your will is, but your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. Because I don't know what it is, but I'm going to put this in your hands. Your will be done. Which by the way, that is the exact prayer that Jesus prayed when he was facing his hardest moment in his life. I mean, think back with me to the night that Jesus was arrested. Remember how he gathered his disciples together and they shared the Passover meal. Jesus took the bread and he broke it and gave it to everybody. And he took the cup of wine, he gave it to everybody. And he started talking about how the bread and the wine represented his body and his blood that, that he would be shed and broken for them. He started talking about his death. Can you imagine how heavy that room must have been as he was handing out the bread and the wine to everybody? And then do you remember what happens next? Jesus goes to a garden with his disciples. And he goes to this garden in order to to pray. And and as he's in the garden to to pray, he pulls aside Peter, James, and John, who are his inner three. And he he asks them to stand watch because he knows a a mob is about to come and arrest him. And and I just want to read to you how this goes in this garden while Jesus is praying with Peter, James, and John, keeping watch. Um, Matthew chapter 26, we read this, and and here's how it goes. It says that uh, Jesus said to his followers, he says, my soul is overwhelmed, listen to those words, overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watching. He asks him, keep keep watch because I'm just overwhelmed with sorrow. This is Jesus, the, the God in the flesh incarnate. This is Jesus who heals people and makes the blind see. This is, this is Jesus who walks on water and here he is struggling and suffering and in his darkest moment, the hardest thing he struggled with and suffered in his whole entire life. And I want you to see what it is that he prays as he goes through this, this, this time where he doesn't really know what's happening. Verse 39, um, he leaves his disciples, as going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, listen, 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 but as you will. He goes on, um, verse 40 says, then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping, which had to just crush his heart. I mean, he's overwhelmed with sorrow and his disciples are falling asleep when they're supposed to be keeping watch. And so he says to them, couldn't you men keep watching me for one hour? He asked Peter, "Peter, watch and, and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then we keep reading here, verse 42 says, he went away a second time and prayed, my father, If it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, listen to this last line. He says, may your will be done. May your will be done. By the way, that line in the original Greek is the exact same line that we read from the Lord's Prayer. It's the exact same line. What does Jesus do when he is facing his hardest moment of his life? What does Jesus pray as he's facing all kinds of uncertainty and questions, all kinds of sufferings and struggles, what, what does he pray? He prays for God's will to be done. That's what he prays. And, and, and in this, we see a lesson here about how to pray that is absolutely vital if we wanna become people who know how to pray. Because you see, prayer isn't really about the words that you say. It's not, it's not even really about getting your prayers answered. That's not really what prayer is about. I mean, really at the, at the heart of prayer is what we see Jesus doing here is he's taking his circumstances, he's taking his fears, he's taking his future, and he's surrendering it to the Lord. He, he is putting everything into God's hands. And that's really what the heart of prayer is about. When we pray for your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as is in heaven, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're standing on behalf of others or maybe ourselves, circumstances, situations, things that are frightening, things that we don't understand, things that we, we have hard times naming. And, and what we're doing is we're surrendering these things to God's perfect will. I don't know how they're gonna turn out. I don't know what, what's gonna happen in the end. I, I, I don't know, but, but what I do know is that I can trust God with every single detail of my life. That's what we start to learn as we put everything in, in God's hands for His will to be done. And so today, I know that some of you are facing some moments, some struggles. You've got questions and doubts and fears. You've got all kinds of things. Maybe they're in yourself. Maybe they're for other people that, that you love, people who are choosing destruction and harm, or, or maybe it's things in the world that, that you wanna pray for, for God's will to be done. And, and what you are doing at the heart of that is you're taking all of those things that, that are not within God's will and you're simply offering them to the Lord to put them in His hands. You're surrendering the outcome to Him, how, however it looks, because what you're doing is you're trusting Him. You're trusting in His goodness. You're trusting in His love for you. Because ultimately God's love for us is not shown in how many prayers get answered, but ultimately it has been shown to us that He gave His one and only Son for us. So no matter what it is that we face, no matter what questions, doubts, fears we may have, no matter what circumstances might be before us or people we love, we can take every single detail of our life and we can put them in God's hands and we can say to the Lord with this circumstance, with this person, with this situation, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so today as we close, we're going to pray that exact prayer together. And I want to invite you to to say this out loud with me and to pray together this prayer that Jesus taught us, the prayer that we pray every single week as we take our life and everything in our life and put them in God's hands for His will to be done. So let's pray together this this Lord's Prayer. So our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
3: Are fixed on you. Now, what I face, now, what may stand before me. I know you'll lead me through the desert place, the storms that rage around me. Savior, Redeemer, Defender, and Healer, every single step of the way. You never change, I will bless your name. Every breath I take, I will praise you from the valley to the mountain tops. I will lift my hands. I'm not holding back. I will praise you from the valley to the mountain tops. From the valley to the mountain tops.
4: Friends, it's been so good to join together today in worship. I want to say thank you to those who who offered their gifts to make this happen, uh, whether behind the camera or in front of the camera, singing, all kinds of things. Thank you so much for your leadership in our church. It really makes a big difference. Hey, if this has been helpful for you, I encourage you to share this. Um, Who do you know who could use an encouraging word about how to pray uh, for God's will to be done, no matter what the circumstances might look like, That we could put everything in his hands. I I encourage you to share this and, and to share the good news of Christ with others. And I can't wait to share with you as we keep working through the Lord's Prayer next week.